0: The aim is holiness, and the idea is that if we are all aiming for this same goal of holiness within the confines of this gift of together that God has given us, we might just be able to make better headway side by side than we ever could alone. We've discussed the discipline of fasting, and in general, just a little bit, the role that spiritual discipline plays in our pursuit of holiness, just like any athlete, um, You go to the gym, you pick up a weight, you attempt to build your muscles by working them, by stressing them, by putting the effort into building that which you'd like to see grow. Donald S. Whitney has a, has a quote in his book, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life, where he talks about different people who train themselves to do different things. He says, great um, musicians devote time to learning to play their instrument. Great athletes, they, they practice their sport. There's all these things that we discipline ourselves to do, and it takes hard work. And we know that it takes hard work. But then he says, and I quote, Then many of these same people will give up quickly if they find that the spiritual disciplines don't come easily. As though becoming like Jesus would not take much effort. Holiness is a very high aim. Christ's likeness is shooting for the moon. Perhaps if we come alongside one another, our darts just might hit a little closer to home. We've discussed the practice of. Fasting, but what I'd like to do for today and, and a second session as well, I want to just talk a little bit about some of the other tools, some of the other uh, equipment within our arsenal that will help us to grow our spiritual muscles. Just like the athlete hitting the gym, we are aiming to build our spiritual muscles that we might perform better, that we might be a little bit closer to the image bearers that we were designed to be. And there are actually lots of tools, fasting being one of them. And so this time and next time, I just wanna kind of give a pretty perfunctory, but a, a little bit of a glance at some of the other widely accepted uh, spiritual disciplines, some of these things that we can practice in order to build these spiritual muscles. And of course, New Year is the perfect time to talk about being disciplined. We have all sorts of things that in January we, we tend to want to be ready to feel like we can discipline ourselves to do that somehow by February we've lost that desire and discipline. But um, seems like the perfect time to me for us to discuss some of the things that we might do in order to be more active in striving toward this goal of holiness that we've been called to, to chase. And but I want to do this in the context of togetherness. How is it that the fact that you and I are related, in Abraham, that we are—we are all of the same blood of Christ. We all have this same center, which is the Holy Spirit. How is this togetherness? How is this connection between us? How might it enhance my own practice of each of these disciplines? So I'm going to look at a few of these, and and some of them. Um, Like some of my favorites, I really don't know how to do that within the context of together. Silence and solitude being the number one ones on my on my mind and heart right there. Um, I'm a huge advocate of silence and solitude. I'm also a silence is golden type person, so it's not hard for me to be without noise. But I think we'd be shocked at how many people are actually uh, addicted to noise. So, turn off the radio when you get in the car. Um, have a few minutes that you just take your AirPods out and you, and you enjoy the quiet of your home at night or in the morning or at some point in the day. Go sit in your car if you have to. Uh, but this, these are great disciplines silence and solitude, meaning just get away from people a little bit and, and enjoy uh, the companionship that you can find with your maker in those moments. You actually have to, many people well, all of us in in today's world, we have to prioritize that. We have to actually calendar that. We have to set that aside to do. But the ones that I want to talk about for a little bit here are ones that I think that if we wanted to really advance in these, then it would be a great help to be able to do that alongside other people who are doing the same. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about ones that have to do with God's Word first. And by the way, there are Two books that I absolutely love about spiritual disciplines that I will kind of promote in a way if you're a reader. They're they're great reads. I'd probably read The Spirit of the Disciplines First. That's Dallas Willard. A fantastic book about why you should do this, why you should prioritize this. I'm a I'm a calendar person, I'm a to-do list person. I write everything on my calendar. And yet I find that a lot of times spiritually disciplining activities, I don't write them on there. And I and I just discovered a number of months ago, why don't I do that? It's like, I don't want to feel like I have to put them down, but you know what? I'm more likely to do them if I do. So he just kind of gives you this, this food for thought on whether or not this is something that I need to prioritize enough to put it down on my to-do list and make sure I get this done. And he gives you a nice little overview of many of the disciplines. And then um, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life by Donald S. Whitney is also a great one. It actually picks apart particular disciplines and has a chapter on each one. This is what it looks like. This is why you should do this. This is the challenge that you might face. But today I want to look at a handful of spiritual disciplines that involve taking in the Word. And I want to look at them from the framework of how we might um, encourage one another, how, may, how we might come alongside one another as the body of Christ and help one another advance in these disciplines. The first and most basic is what Whitney calls Bible intake, literally just taking the word in. We are called to do this every single day. This is the uh, the visual of manna that we see from the Israelites in the wilderness. What you had yesterday, it's just not going to fill you up today. You need to come back for more every day. You need to come back for more. In this, in the context of togetherness, I would love to see. <clears throat> I would love to see us putting the word in front of each other enticing one another the the truth is his word is living and active and beautiful it is it is empowering it is motivating it is impassioning it is it enlivens our curiosity it sets off our our imaginations there's just so much about the word that might grip us in the context of together, if, if I'm not seeing those things, if I'm not being enlivened, if I'm not motivated and impassioned by his word and it just looks like black and white words on a page to me, then perhaps I can see it through your eyes where it is just this vivid picture of a beautiful relationship, a wonderful calling and an amazing God. So maybe if I am I'm dulled in my spiritual senses today and I'm not seeing that kind of beauty from God's word then perhaps I can see it through your eyes instead and it can reawaken me to the beauty that is there. If we can put the word in front of one another. If you can if you can sit down with the Lord and you see that beauty and there is something that jumps off the page at you and it is Beautiful and empowering and wonderful and motivating to you, then perhaps I need to see what you've seen. I need to view that word through your eyes so that I might catch a renewed glimpse of the beauty that you found today. So not only do we need to take in this word together, but in the context of family, in the context of the body of Christ, of church, then I don't need to sit there as a hand and just get super excited and feel the blood pulsing through my veins and yet have it cut off by the time it gets to my elbow. I'm I'm not going to be able to feel the fullness of being alive unless that passion courses through my whole body. And so maybe I need you as a as a hand, as a knee, as an elbow, as a whatever you are, to let that passion make its all make its way all the way through to my side, to my part. Go on the Facebook page and post, post some some scripture that has just awakened your soul today. Go check it. Go check and see if you're feeling dull, if there's someone that has has something to say to you that might awaken your spirit. We're not just called, though, to just take in God's Word. There's actually a a great beauty in taking in God's Word in various ways. Um, Two years ago, I, I read the entire Bible in January, in the month of January, 31 days, the whole Bible. What that meant, though, was that I could not dwell I got a journaling Bible, and I read it all in that journaling Bible, and as soon as something came, uh, came in front of me that I just really wanted to dig deeper on, I really wanted to ponder, I wanted to just mull it over in my mind, I couldn't at that time, and so I, I could write I could write a little note out in the side, in the journaling part, and I could keep reading. That was actually very purposeful. It was simply, it was like a bath. You know, it was like getting in a, a word bath. And there is a great value to taking in the word in mass like that and just soaking in it, let it wash over you. There is also, however, a great validity in just taking, taking that water to drink, you know, just taking a, a mouthful of it. And there's, there's something wonderful to be had there. So sometimes you need to just take in large amounts of it, take in a chapter, take in a book, take in the whole thing, uh, and, and enjoy and ruminate on that. But then there are also times when we need to just pick it apart. We need to sit and ponder it. We need to mull over it. It's like we need to put it in our mouth and slosh it around for a while. And this I would call meditation. Meditation is, is just taking that one word that just sticks out at you and is... It, just doesn't seem to want to go away. It resonates with you somehow and you just need to figure out why it seems so meaningful to you. You need to sit down with the Lord and let it become alive in you and you get that by meditating on it, by meditating on that one little snippet, that one little bite uh, that might have really deep meaning for you. The next phase in Bible intake, I would assume, would be memorization. So you've You've read this whole, you've taken a bath in it, and then you've taken one cup full and you've digested that. And as you ponder it, as you mull over it, you find that the words keep playing over in your mind. And the verse just keeps repeating itself as you you meditate on it. The next logical step then is to commit it to memory, to write those words on your heart so that when the opportunity comes that they might move you that they might compel you, that they might be the answer to your question, that they might be the way of escape that he's planted in you to get around, to circumvent the temptation that's in front of you, then those words are literally embedded in your mind. And so comes memorization, writing that word on your heart, literally committing to memory that which you have pondered both of these things could very easily be done and encouraged within the context of the body of Christ I would absolutely love it. I cannot tell you how thrilled I would be if if the church together if that simple Facebook page or or however it is that it morphs into becomes a, a meeting place where where one person says I'm I want to really work my muscles of memorization. I am setting a goal for myself to memorize a verse a week, all year long. Will anybody do this with me? And the church around the world says, you know what? That is a discipline that I am weak in, and I would love to have you come come alongside me and do that. And together you pick each verse each week and you encourage one another and you challenge one another and you test one another and you hold each other accountable. And when, when everybody else has stopped reading the word the second they hit Leviticus, you can step in and you can say, no, no, no. I realize that we are on verse 17, but we got this many to go. We are aiming at the whole year. I want 52 out of you and we can spur each other on to that greater godliness as we flex these spiritual muscles becoming more like him growing in his likeness becoming the aim that we're all shooting for more holy we can do this together and if there's a discipline that you are constantly waning in, if there is something that you have always thought, I know I would be a better, a better daughter for doing this. I know that my life would be so much more infused with a peace and a joy and a sustenance than I've ever known before if I were to do this, but I just keep failing. I've tried the one-year Bible. I've tried memory verse plans. I've done this. I've written them on cards. I've put them on the mirror. I've done all this. And it just doesn't work ever. Well, you know what? Have you ever tried coming along somebody else and telling them, just like Micah in his fasting day, it's really, really easy to fail when you're the only one who knows you did. But if there's somebody to help carry you, then maybe you won't fail at all. I've done uh, I've done the one year Bible like more times than I can count. It's it's really it's really fun to you know do it in all the different translations and um, just pick out the differences and things. But mix it up, challenge yourself, challenge someone else. If there is a discipline in the in the grand new year tradition, if there is a discipline that you decide that you want to pursue with yes discipline this year. Don't do it alone. Don't do it by yourself. Don't do it in such a way that you can, um, you can cave in. Do it in such a way as to have others know so that they can hold you accountable. But in so doing, in getting that gift for yourself that says I've got some accountability so I might actually have what I need in order to be pushed forward to actually accomplish what I'm set out to do, it's actually a benefit to those who hold you accountable too because they then have the opportunity to jump in to say, you know what, I'm in exactly the same boat. I've gone through seasons where I did great at this and I've gone through years where I didn't even try and it's time. I'm hearing God's command over me that says be holy and I need to pick up some spiritual weights and grow in this. Let's do that together. If you're setting yourself a goal, you probably aren't the only one who needs to meet it and you probably do better a getting there if you let somebody know and come alongside you with it. The next phase, I would say, of Bible intake, one is just literally immersing what I might call immersion in the Word, immersing yourself in the Word. Just read it. Just read it every single day. Take it in um, like, like getting into that bath. Meditation, like drinking the water. Take bits of it and really let it ruminate in your soul. And then memorization that actually has it to be a staple in who you are, written on your spirit, written on your heart etched in the stone that is your, um, your memory. The next phase would be study. Simply study it. Don't just ruminate on it, but really look to see, really dive into it. Study what that word means. The complete word study is an excellent, excellent resource for doing this. There's one for the Old Testament, one for the New Testament. They're not cheap books, um, but they I cannot tell you how valuable they are. But really study that which is written on your heart. See what all it is that God might have you mine from that. I give the analogy all of the time about life with the Lord and the various disciplines as well uh, as an Easter egg hunt. You know, you can go to an Easter egg hunt where there's a wide variety of, of ages that are participating in the hunt. I used to have one here at my house for more than 10 years. I had an Easter egg hunt every Palm Sunday and we had, we had toddlers who could barely walk, and then we had eight and nine-year-olds. You know, when you do that, you have to hide, hide eggs in all kinds of different ways, right? A toddler is not going to go searching through a bush to find an egg. A toddler is going to pick up the one that's sitting right on the grass. But then if you were to happen to have a golden egg, then you got some older kids, and they are gonna, they're going to dig things up. <laughs> they're going to look in every crack and crevice. They're really going to dig deep for that golden egg, Well, when you sit and study, when you mine the word, you can, in a simple bath of it, in simple immersion in the word, you can find those eggs that just sit right up on the grass. They're easy to find. You've probably seen them before. They're easy to pick out. There's a great, great something in every single one. But when you sit down to really meditate, really study, really dive in, that is like picking through a bush looking for that golden egg. And I can guarantee you, if the thing that you search is in God's word, you're going to find a golden egg over and over and over again. And so really dig deep into the study. We can do this in the context of community too, even virtually. I would love to see the day when there are there are personal things as well, where you can literally walk into a prayer group or, um, or a classroom or whatever, some gathering of the church together where you're coming together to practice these disciplines in person. But the beauty of where we are now is that we can do those things virtually today, right where we are. And so if you're studying something and you need, you need strong's concordance you know you need a you need a definition of a greek word if you need some understanding then then let's ask each other if you've got an insight that absolutely blew your mind i'd probably be really excited to hear it i would love to know that you are doing that i would be inspired to do that myself And there's a really good chance that whatever it is you're sharing is news to me too. And it can enliven me just like it did you. Impassioning both of us to go look for more golden eggs. We can do this. We can do this in the context of together and resolutions that you've made in the past and goals that you've set for yourself and some desire to see a spiritual awakening within yourself and a building of your spiritual muscles and and some sort of discernible growth in holiness, it can be found. God gave us the tools to do it and the community to do it in. We got another fast coming up on Sunday, third Sunday of every month, the third Sunday from sunrise to sunset, wherever you are, there's an event on Facebook page. Sign up as going to that event. Then click on the event on Facebook and um, the conversation may be on the screen or you may have to click a button that says discussion to be able to see the discussion. Try it. Taste and see. Try the discipline of fasting. Do it within this context of community and encourage one another as you attempt to. But let's start start flexing our spiritual muscles in all sorts of disciplines. Let's begin with the word. Let Let us gather as individuals, as children, as believers, as siblings over the word and encourage one another to to every single morning. I love to sleep in. I don't necessarily sleep much at night very easily, but man, I love it on the mornings when I don't have to get up early in the morning. If I had to get up every single morning before the sun melted away the manna, I would have been really excited for Sundays when I didn't have to go out and gather it. I might need you to help get me out of my spiritual bed. I might need you to tell me you're going to need this manna today because you're going to be hungry come afternoon. I might need for you to just put one little wafer of it right in front of me so that I can be enticed to go and gather my own. We all go through mountains and valleys. Most of us live the majority of our life on plateaus. It's really nice to know that where we live is where we can also find God. Where, we, where it is we do our everyday business, we go, to, we go to work, we cook dinner, we do laundry, we have lunches. It's also somewhere where we can grow, where we can thrive. If you were to look at me with spiritual eyes, I don't want you to see some wimp who, who can't pick up a five pound weight. I want us to be bodybuilders. I want us to be heroes and supermen. In order to grow those muscles, in order to be that, we gotta put in the work and we gotta believe just what, what Donald Whitney says here as if being like Jesus wasn't gonna take a lot of work. It does, let's be willing to put it in.